Welcome to Automation Advocates, a show where we will talk about automation, manufacturing, and meet some of the personalities that are involved in the industry and get their perspectives. We hope you enjoy listening as much as we enjoy creating. Thanks, and here's the show. Back from Automate. Oh, he's so lucky. So lucky's relative and full crew. Full crew. Minus Tyler. Tyler's not here. Well, Ta-da. he's kind of the bonus. Yeah, but I mean, all due respect, I haven't met him, so he doesn't he's not real. <laughs> I, think I know he's we, probably gonna say the same thing about you. Yeah, but, but I have content, he doesn't. <laughs> I he I believe we are connected on LinkedIn now. Yeah. And there uh, you go. There the, you go. You know, what I wanna hear today is hi pups. What I want to hear today is because you have this nice tight window yeah. in terms of resolution between uh, your Germany show and your Michigan show. Yeah. Then, you know, come on. How were they? Yeah. What were they? We, we already talked about Germany. Yeah, so we yeah. talked about Interpack a little bit. Um, Automate was an interesting one. So that was in lovely Detroit, Michigan. Um, Rock City. What I think is interesting is and this is this isn't good or bad it's just an observation when you look at the social media presence and the hype machine that was automate which is an a3 uh event you'd have thought a3 is a it's it's a organization for it's an automation organization and its core focus different is around ISA. robotics and motion control. But Correct. it's different than ISA. It is different than ISA. And it's different than PMMI or Hanover Messe or whatever, right? So it is its own thing. Um, is it a 503C? I don't know. Good question. Is it a charity or is it a capitalistic endeavor? Well, I an think there's capitalism involved. Right, it's an association. It is an association. Kind of like IEEE-ish. Yeah, I mean, they, yeah. they develop some standards, but also... Yeah. Um, this is their trade show, right? Correct. So, uh, the the it's core, a money grab. Uh, for me, trade shows a lot of them are. Yeah. Um, so, I get there, and again, based on the traffic in my LinkedIn feed, I'm expecting something the size of Hanover. Pfft, no way. It was one room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At yeah, the Huntington yeah. place in Detroit, yeah, and yeah, now, yeah, I, your I wanna, expectations were out of line. Well, clearly, I and, mean, and, thirty-four buildings. Don't even like you're you, you're kind of insulting Hanover saying that. But also, I mean, we don't have anything in this country, to well, my knowledge, that is a fairground like Hanover Messe. We don't. We don't. But I would say Vegas and McCormick. Vegas is a different game. Vegas is a money grab within a money grab within a money grab, and now they've also legalized another money grab. So that I'm going to disagree with you on. Oh, come on, what? dude. Prostitution, uh, gambling, oh, I'm not exhibit hall. Oh, Vegas. We're comparing convention centers. And then imagine if Vegas were smart, and I'm going to go way off the rails here. If Vegas were smart, they would implement, and they should yesterday, implement a water charge for anybody oh, that walks into Nevada. Hotel showering. Like, like, I mean, yeah. Like, I think we should, as Minnesotans, be like, yo, Vegas, like, you owe us. It's You're coming welcome. from somewhere, you know. <laughs> no. Yeah. Think, obviously, they're on the other side of the Rockies, so it's not technically us, but, you know. Yeah. But away, water's water's water. It is. And they got none. Yeah. Well, it's not like it's a desert or anything out there. Oh, that's right. Uh, Steve Wynn made it not a desert. <laughs> right. Yeah. There's some yeah. palm trees and yeah. shit. Yeah, he put a lake in. Yeah. <gasps> yeah. yeah. I, I, you know, I digress <laughs> horribly. Go on. So looking at... So your expectations were the Olympics, and you got you got Little League uh, championships? Maybe. I got, like, the Badger State games. For those of you that are from the great state of Wisconsin, it's the... Yeah. Uh, Light on the great. <laughs> <laughs> but... But what I'll say is it was interesting. Um, now, I, I do want to revisit the Vegas versus Chicago versus Convention Europe. Convention right? so, so Europe is bigger in the in the size of their shows. I would say the buildings are smaller. So even though there's like 35 of them, they're a little smaller. Um, but here's why I love Vegas over Chicago and McCormick. So you go to Chicago and you've crammed in how many visitors at an average trade show there? 
60,000 people-ish. Depending on how much of McCormick you're taking up. If you're taking up like the West Hall, for example. Call it the whole thing for IMTS. 20,000 per hall, then IMTS, you're probably getting closer to that 60, maybe 100 if you want to start counting staff. Sure. Exhibitors. So you wedge all those people down on the lakefront and in the in the few hotels between McCormick and the north side, right? Mm-hmm. So you've wedged all these people. It's just tough to find things like places to have dinner that aren't super crowded or Chicago, man. Yeah. Come on. Well, you gotta be careful where you don't go so you don't get shot. Hey, but that's MLK a different is not too far away. Now I used to live by McCormick, just about a mile north. And 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 I think Chicago's a a beautiful city. Great place to visit. But when I go to Vegas, I've got 30 different casinos, each with six crazy, wicked, awesome restaurants inside of it. I can grab my six customers and I can disappear and not run into my competitors or not run into their competitors, right? Like, yeah, it just totally. feels more spread out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I yeah, prefer yeah. it for yeah, that. Yeah, but you pay to play, man. It's like you said. I'm sure AA or A3... Didn't have Vegas money. Don't have Vegas attendance. I mean, there's guarantees. Well, it's think, like getting a hotel room. Well, too, and I think A3 also was in Detroit in the tie to the automotive industry. Totally. Like totally. Completely yeah. location. Know your location. audience. Yeah, know your audience. Um, but no, haven't been to a few shows in Detroit as compared, like you said, Chicago versus Vegas. Every location has benefits or not. For sure. For trade show locations. But to your point, the social media presence, you come in having such high expectations because the show is so promoted so far in advance that when you get there, you're like, oh, okay. You know what it reminds <laughs> me of? The Segway. Yeah. This guy, Well, wow, that's a big letdown. It, that's my point. I mean, We're I gonna revolutionize it. the way transportation is, right? Yeah, he's We're an engineer. He's not a marketer. <laughs> well, but they marketed the hell out of it, and they did yeah, a really good job. Yeah, but and he then this tried thing to pull came Steve out. Jobs. Like, well, well, I mean, isn't WWJD this sometime this week? Maybe I don't know. Did you see the new headset they launched? Five large, mm-hmm. three and a half. Oh well, if you get the gold one, it's five. Oh, wow. <laughs> Nothing says I love VR AR. Like a gold headset. It's more. You do it's you, more, Yeah, you but do if you. you're if you're playing VR tennis, don't you want the one that's antimicrobial? Like gold and silver, baby. <laughs> I got some alcohol wipes. We'll be just fine. Fifteen hundred dollars buys a lot of wet wipes. <laughs> yeah, but you get the better battery with it too, right? So that's fair. I mean, Did it's you more ever- conductive? Did like you ever the 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 twelve thousand dollar Apple Watch that was gold? Yeah, that one. Yeah, it lasted longer. Did it last as long as your Sunto? I don't know. My Sunto would not last longer, but my Sunto doesn't play games. Do you want to play games on your Sunto? No, I'm not Dick Tracy. <laughs> <laughs> tell me the time. Tell me how fast I'm going. Tell me if my heart's gonna jump out of my chest. That's all I care about. Remind me to eat. Yeah, and if These I get lost, tests. give me a way to route yeah. myself home. I like the fact that it counts my steps, so I can just totally brag on my mom. Yeah, and I'm like, hey, yeah. I got twenty five thousand nine hundred and fifty eight this morning. How right. you doing? Right. Yeah. How you doing? I yeah. like that. Yeah. So poke, I just poke. woke up. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. at E3, the things that jumped off the page that were everywhere merch. They were selling A3 merch. No, no merch. Missed opportunity. No merch. How do you get from one building to two? Merch. Uh, yeah, maybe. But did they fill all the booths? Uh, yeah, the one hall that was there was full. It was absolutely full. How were the booths anything like the booths at uh, Interpac? Or what no, it? so Interpac, you walked into some of these They're booths. Mezzanines. Yeah. The, the yeah. mezzanines were yeah. everywhere, like the right? the Siemens booth at SPS. They have, yep. a, liter- they have, a, they have a car on a robot, and they have a lady how in the car talking about how great the robot is. Right. Correct. Yeah, 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 no, yeah. And, and it's interesting, working for the company I do now, our trade show playbook for the European shows compared to the American shows, to your point, they're expected to have mezzanines in kitchens and food. And How else are you going to talk to people? Exactly. Man? And we're like, uh, we don't have that same square footage here or square meters here. <laughs> but I guess it's a very different experience in Europe compared to here, just trade shows overall. 
But even just the investment, right? So here, oh, yeah. if... Uh, so I'll, I'll roll back. So you walked into a booth at uh, uh, Interpac, and the whole back wall... So we're talking 60 foot, 80 foot by 20 foot tall. One giant display, like a Dactronics display, sure. which we've all, sure. the three of us yeah. have all seen, yeah. right? Yeah. Been to the Cowboy Stadium. Giant LED displays yeah. showing all sorts of rad stuff. Yeah, That was the backdrop of their booth. Here we're like, we're going to take some fabric and we're going to print some stuff on it that's static. I can static. tell you why we do that. Please do. Please tell me why. Oh, hang on. This is consistent across all brands? Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. But they all just showed up with their B game? Yes. No, in, and well, in the U.S. In the U.S. But in Europe, I would say one third of the booths had this massive Dactronics wall of doom. Correct. And Correct. they were beautiful. Yes. Of course. So being in, yes. <laughs> when you, first off, did you know that there is a trade show for trade show companies? Yeah, everybody knows. Here's right? my surprised okay. face. Your surprised face. Yeah. So the latest technology that is being promoted at this co- these trade shows for trade shows is the rental structures where there are aluminum steel frames that you wrap with fabric. Think pop-up tents. Yeah. The reason we're going this direction in the United States is because labor. So for me to do and rent monitors, I have to rent a monitor. I now have to have a stand or a structure that monitor can mount on. So I rent the monitor from one this company. This is A3, dude. I have a you structure roll for a another company. You could roll a robot in on a, on a Roomba base, and you could just post that you monitor could, up with a battery pack. But then I pack. need an electrician no, versus the audiovisual versus yeah. versus. And then yeah. the Automate cost. Automate the labor out of this trade show. Correct. But I'm saying the cost to rent this sounds wall like, of sounds monitors. Sounds like we should start a robot company. Being a robot company versus I can rent a steel structure and wrap with fabric. It's less people. It's less. And that's one thing I've, we've so noticed. So they don't have labor in Europe? So the labor charges are very different and the unions are very different because yeah. of the companies can put their own booths yeah. together in Europe, but here we can't. Yeah. You'd think so a state s- like South Dakota would just be like, hey, we'll be the company to trade show place of the world. And Correct. You could just wire it all you so, want. Or Texas. So where, we, so where we host our shows in the United States, for example, Chicago coming into Boston for a show in the fall... We are changing our booth design to be able to afford the labor and the hours needed and the number of people needed to pop up our booth versus assemble, right? So there are considerations in booth design and the trend in the United States is to rent more, go lighter, less drayage, less hours, less people, more fabric. Where in Interpack, you probably have a whole, the company themselves is assembling it. No, these have been intense conversations internally it's almost twice as expensive per square meter or foot in the United States compared to Europe. For sure. Twice? Mm-hmm. That's ridiculous. It is. We've done the math. So, so what I'm hearing It's ridiculous is, only because Europe is, what, 45% of the size of the United States. That's the other piece. Well, yeah, funny. you're going to see a difference to uh, how the booths feel, which makes your presence feel different. And yeah, depending on the booth, you may only have one or two interactives you can afford or big monitors compared to a wall. So if Automation Advocates does a show booth, what I'm hearing is we need to do it in Europe. Well, yeah, right. that, sure. That's fine. Be cheaper. Yeah. It's economics, Charlie. Yeah. I mean, travel and expenses would offset. You Moving always on. struggle with tax accounting. <laughs> but no, the you're, you're not wrong, though, in what you saw from physical booth assets which then turns into how the message is displayed, the picture Yeah, but you're you telling me in Detroit you would have had to have a union guy set up microphones? Mm-hmm. Yes. Dedicated AV separate from your electrician, separate, separate from, from. Wow. Yeah. Now, back to what I actually saw. Robots, yeah, AGVs, talk about and AMRs. Any innovation, any innovation in there? So what's interesting in thinking about AMRs, right? So we're talking automated mobile robots or AGVs, Automated Guided Vehicles. So these are things like automated forklifts, um, material movement type stuff. Mm -hmm. They all kind of look the same to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they are. Mm -hmm. Um, Low to the floor, maybe a tiny e-stop, maybe an interface, some lights, obviously a load of sensors. Yeah. What's the biggest difference? So the, the, the only difference I can now spot between them is some of them have expanded their portfolio, right? So initially, everyone had their one piece of the pie, right? They had one of six critical items needed. 
people have expanded to include most of that portfolio. And then they're all claiming the secret sauce, the magic, is in their routing algorithms. Mm-hmm. And say guidance system, right? No, just the routing. routing. Okay. So the guidance part is handled on the vehicle, and it turns out many of them are running the, the ROS, the robot operating system, the open source stuff. Um, so they they got to save money somewhere. Totally. So then they're spending all this time and energy creating these, you know, giant fleet management systems that run in the cloud or running on some massive server. And Locally. Could be. Um, when does Amazon start selling theirs? I don't know why they would. Well, because that's how they do everything. But I think they for started them, selling their servers because they were making kick-ass innovations there and they wanted to scale up their their uh, hardware innovations. But I think for somebody like Amazon, they would be more apt to act as a 3PL than to sublet out their... Dude, they have a labor issue. I know they, they do. Have you read the memo about how often they expect people to leave? Correct. Less that's why they've months. that's why they've AMR'd the hell out of their offices or their <laughs> their facilities. Nah, not enough. Well, and and it'll grow, but if if I'm a business person and I've developed the best Swiss Army knife for handling that labor challenge, I'm gonna say, hey, Target, Best Buy, why don't you put your stuff on my shelves, transact it through your thing, and then send me your transaction records, and I'll do all the work. For a fee, sure. That's how three PLs work, right? Sure, but why would why would Target work with Amazon? They they stopped selling the Kindle a long time ago. The only thing I can think is because that Amazon has the potential because of the volume and stuff that they do to drive the cost out of that transaction. Still, competitor. Why would you help your competitor? Your suppliers do it all the time. Don't get me started on my suppliers. <laughs> but am I wrong? No. I'm not at privy to say. <laughs> <laughs> Look, you found my boundary. <laughs> um, and then, you know, the other thing that struck me was the amount of cobots. I would tell me more. I mean, cobots is, in my opinion, is the real future. I mean, I, I think we're Why? in a, Well, because I think we're in a bridge time period. And I just don't think we have... <clears throat> excuse me. I don't think we have the footing to build this structure that we're trying to build right now. I mean, we as humanity have reached this level of utopia that enables us to have a bunch of absurd arguments right now, which I'm going to avoid all. And um, we are in the middle of a transition in terms of uh, transportation and grid and I really don't think we have the time or the capability in terms of human beings to program interfaces. Yep. And uh, so, yeah, I think cobots are faster. I think, you tell me. I think cobots uh, enable people to get more, um, you know, a scope of work determines the success of a project. And if you don't have any experience working with any robotics and you try and jump straight to AMRs, unless mm-hmm. you over you know front load your project with money to pay for that expertise to come in and guide you, then you don't know what you really want. I mean, you see this more than I do, mm-hmm. right? So if, if Sarah comes to us and she is just a complete noob, you know the most cobot she's seen is on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She'll or just be like, yeah, yeah, or at A3. She'll be like, oh, I want to do this. And then she'll get upset when you toss her a proposal, right? Yep. And she'll be like, oh, that's absurd, you know? Mm-hmm. And then you'll be like, no, it isn't. And then she'll be like, well, then she'll do her little back of the napkin ROI, you know, was it 2054 times hours in a year times $25 yep. an hour? Well, I could do three, I could pay three people to do that, right? Yep. yep. So then, because, and the reason why that scope, proposal came in so high is because Sarah's ignorant about a, how much it costs B yep. what she really needs and C what she wants. I, and there's a big gap between those three things. Like you coming into the show. <laughs> sure. But you're comparing the cobot to a human being. No, 
I'm seeing the cobot as a complement to the human being that enables the owner of the cobot and the provider of job to the human being mm-hmm. to understand how automation can go from we don't automate anything here at Chuck's Wooden Frame Shop. Yep. Partial but, automation. But now we got Tony and the cobot making yep. frames. Sure. For posters and pictures and yeah. all that. Yep. Yeah, and yeah. next thing you know, I'm going to expand out because Tony and Cobot got me to another $25,000 in revenue in the last six months. And now I'm going to expand out and get three Cobots. And now Tony's being mimicked three times. Sure. Right. And then I'm going to buy an AMR a year later and it's going to move the wood around. So Tony doesn't have to pick up wood. So I agree with everything you said, except my, my challenge, my perspective is, I'm not convinced that the cobot versus a traditional robot is the answer across the board. And the reason I... No, that's application specific. It's just an example. No, no, no. So so that we agree on. What I'm seeing in the market space, and I I saw this the other day, right? So again, I should probably just stop looking at LinkedIn. Guy had a uh, CNC machine, a little one, right? And he was loading parts the size of my computer mouse, right? Sure. So but we're talking about size. different types of work, Cobot and AMR. Totally. So I'm, I'm not even getting to the AMR part yet. Okay. So these guys had a Cobot, and it grabbed the part. It moved up. It stopped. It moved over. It stopped. It went into the machine. It stopped. Yeah, I saw your loaded. post. It's yeah. terrible. Yeah. Terrible. Yeah. So the question would be, if you rip the cobot out and you put in a little baby Fanuc LR mate or totally. Kuka or whoever makes one, yep. it can do that same motion that took that shitty cobot 20 Faster. seconds yeah. in four seconds. Yeah, I'm with you. The cage to go around, it doesn't have to be any bigger than my desk. It can be a little guy. Sure. So that's my argument is people are misapplying the automation. Yep. All over the place. And they that's look where at it folks. And go, we'd Holy like to announce cow. a new value stream from yeah. Automation Advocates Consulting <laughs> Services. <laughs> Call LLC. us today for your free quote. What's it? LLC. Right. Um, Thirty right. minutes of time with Justin. Yeah. <laughs> I I think you have a point. In cobots don't seem as scary. Totally, it's, it's a bridge. It's, it's, a bridge. it's a bridge. The entry into now, to your point, when applied incorrectly, but you could say the same thing: how I drive my car versus how Charlie drives his. <laughs> hey, those are, these, are, these are not on topic. Not on topic, but <laughs> it's a place to start. And so I, I could see where you're going with the conversation, Charlie. To your point, you're looking at it from the perspective of bridging the gap or an entryway into technology, an entryway into automation. Correct. And I think I think the cobot example that, that Garski pointed out and, and highlighted on LinkedIn was, I mean, it, it, then, the, then the person, the FANUC robot salesperson should see that and go, <gasps> like, you could demonstrate but, value immediately. Correct. Go. But your viewpoint, Justin, you're looking at it from an expert lens. Yeah, but not not a, not a newbie. No, I'm just saying your view of cobots. I think, but Justin, I think cobots is, are here for a while. Oh, they are going to be. I think what you need to do is you need to create a cobot mount on an AMR. They do. Okay, it's done. Okay, great. Then why do I see one person walking through Target greeting my my pre order? Why don't I see that person being followed around by an AMR picking stuff? So, with a scanner. So there should be, and, and actually Locus, we had some guys that left Rockwell that went over to work over there. That is their whole model, Locus Robotics. It's Got it. out in Boston. Copy. Um, it's a little rover bot, let's call it two foot in diameter. What do those go for? Uh, they actually sell them or lease them as a service. Oh, machine we'll, as a service, my favorite we'll, topic. We'll cover that too, mm-hmm. but it's got three little buckets on it, right? So let's say the three of us each place our target order right now. Mm-hmm. They will either drive to the location and stop, or they can follow the person, right? Mm-hmm. Either way, mm-hmm. um, tell you what to grab, mm-hmm. confirmation, it's all mm-hmm. routing. Mm-hmm. If we were in a warehouse and maybe there was four lanes, mm-hmm. I would stay in my lane, you would stay in your lane, and the robot would come to us and go, mm-hmm. hey, Charlie, mm-hmm. grab something off of bucket 13 and put it in me. Mm-hmm. And you can do that. Mm-hmm. Totally exists. Why Target hasn't done that in the store? Different question. I don't know. Yep. But... The cool part about the as-a-service that Locus is providing, number one, they'll recharge all the batteries and make sure all that stuff's refreshed. But as you get to holiday season, they'll upscale and downscale with you. So you're not on the hook for buying 
oh, an extra 150 robots God, come that November. Sounds, that sounds like a fun thing to sell. Holy right? Cow. That's kind of what I'm thinking. Way more fun than clicky clacks. <laughs> Single God. bit logic. Totally. <laughs> Totally. Yeah. So, and the, 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 they, they, you know, there was a dream there and like for four years they were going to tell me, they were telling me they're going to make contactors intelligent. And then that, <laughs> that ship sailed during Aww. COVID. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Still going to be dumb for a long time. Anyway. Yeah. So it, it's coming. I think, I think it's all got a place, but I think there's, there's a big gap between, what people understand and where they need to understand. And, and totally. what I'll say it's part of the reason why we have this little podcast. Totally. It, it, and I've got some friends that work for Fanic and actually people that work for Yaskawa and Moto Man and those, and the description they've described around people that buy cobots. And this is not meant to be a shot on anybody listening. They said, look, the ownership of some of these companies gets a wild hair and they go, we have to buy a cobot now. Yep. And the, and the Fanic guy said, if you can talk to those people within that two-week window, it's an impulse buy, done. Sell it, the co-op or are you going to sell a Fanic? Sell the Cobot, which Fanic sells Cobots too. They Why wouldn't they? Yeah. Correct. Why Gateway drug. They? And go. so does yeah, exactly. Yaskawa and everybody else, right? So yep. everyone's in the game. And they said, it's like selling a used car. Totally. And the people don't know what they're really after. Totally. And a good percentage of them don't actually do what they're supposed to do or work. Sure. And so now my fear is... So they're training wheels, man. Yeah, but if you... You can still have a negative experience. That's what you're concerned about. Still but then experience. are you going to buy another robot? Or are you going to go, those well, robots are if, stupid. That doesn't work. Yeah. Well, or you could look at it from a mature perspective and go, what did I learn here? What do I need to better define? What don't I like well, about robotics? I want it to be faster. But okay. that's assuming they understand the problem. Greg, but again, the listen person to the podcast. Listen to the podcast. <laughs> can only do so much, right? We can only help so far. But the person that we all know, and the companies we've worked for and do today, the buying power separate from the de- decision power, right? There's, oh, and then there's like there's all these, uh, you know, in the state of Minnesota uh, at the end of last year, there's a big robotics automation like tax grab. Correct. So, I, to your point, Justin. Like, there's all kinds of motivating factors. Can well, we sell consulting services under the tax grab? <laughs> uh, we, we, we will I'll look into that. I'll let my guy look into that. Yeah. yeah, we will look into this. But to your point. It's such it, a weird tone to ask that question. Was it a bad experience, Justin, for them? It could have been. Now, depending on it's how. It's an opportunity, the, It's an opportunity because you could, I guess, it internally go. Did we buy a cobot? Yes. Maybe we had to do a certain spend by a certain date. There was some kind of impulse to it. Taxes, capital investment, whatever you're doing. Six people got sick. Right. You know, Uh, but at the same time, internally, to your point, could it have been a bad experience? Yes. Then one and two or maybe three things happen. We're never going to do robots again. Or let's call our robot guy, girl, lady, person, man, human, individual, and say, hey, Let's have a conversation on what we could have done, should have done. Sure. Or, hey, that did actually kind of maybe work. Let's do a third one. So who knows? But I would say it's at least they're tr- at least they tried it and failed. What don't you say the same so, thing? Try and fail versus you didn't try at all. So, so is <laughs> the interface there. is the interface? Let me ask the question like this because I don't program robots, but you do. Is Did. the inner whatever? <laughs> You play one on TV. Right. The <laughs> the interface for programming a cobot versus a robot. We're talking squared space versus straight code. Like making a website with squared space, which is, you know, clicky clack gooey. And then you've got straight up <laughs> straight up, you know, ones and zeros. So I'm gonna walk through function blocks. So this will be a about a three minute history lesson. Yeah. And this is strictly as it relates to Fanic Robots. Um, yeah, go with what Many you know. of the others have had the similar, but this is one I can talk to. And, and rest assured, all of them kind of followed suit. So um, we're not going to have years attached to this. So Fanic Robots came out, and initially it was a CNC, you know, G&M code kind of a programming interface. GNM? Uh, RS-274. So G00 would be a rapid move, and you give it XYZ, WPR, go. G01. These are coordinates in space, folks. Correct. With Geometric. Speed's attached, uh, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Trying to inform Larry down in Tennessee. So then 
after after robots got a little more complex and we figured out, hey, maybe not the best way to program a robot, uh, Fanuc came out with a language called Carol, which was a hybrid version of Pascal. Uh, So you had all the power of Pascal with a couple extra instructions that you move things in real life. Uh, But you had to compile it, right? So it became ones and zeros, difficult to edit. Um, Your robot controller was a big fridge with a CRT and a keyboard on it and... It was what it was, right? And it worked great. Then people said, man, we should make this even easier. So they came out with a language called Teach Pennant, TP. Mm-hmm. And TP was basic, basic, high-level text. So move L, teach. Move L, teach. DO, digital output, one, equals on, Right. Real basic stuff. And when you're teaching, you're waving a wand around to locate where in the space that you want the robot to get to? You've got a Game Boy in your hand, and you're pressing buttons to move the joints with the Game Boy effectively. It's and then you're like, pendant. capture this point. Like, Correct. get to here. I don't care how. Yep. You, like you jog the buttons. As they you move get around to where and... you... Yeah, and you hit record. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but like you're hitting eight points to yeah. get to there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that happened, and... Like, grab pallet of eggs, put them on yeah. new box... Twist box, wrap box, yep. move over to here, reset. And, and what happens is it was limited, and so you had to go back into Carol to do any thing like trig math, right? If you needed to do cosine, sine, any any sort of real math, heavy lifting math, you had to go back to the old language and then interoperum, just like Codasys would do sure. with structured text and ladder. Yep. So then they started building in some of these new instructions into TP, and now the tool set inside of TP looks a lot like the tool set that was inside of Carol. There's just a lot of stuff they you can do inside there. They integrated them together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so now, flash forward, and you've got the Cobot. Yes, it's a flowchart, a lot of them, right? So it's going to look like Blockly or the Hour of Code stuff that sure. we've done with the kids before. And sure. And you can now, with some of them, you can grab a hold of the end of it and you can physically move it instead of having to use the little buttons. Sure. To me, while that's interesting, it hasn't really changed anything. Okay, so uh, am I not able to put my goggles on and put uh, my grippies in my hands and I can't move the robot and teach it with VR now? Uh, so it's I've 2023. Seen, I can do that, right? So I've seen something where you can grab what looks like a stylus, and it has a little uh, optical ball on the end of it, and you can move that around as if you were going to weld on something, and then the robot can come in and repeat your. Yeah, I thought I'd seen mm-hmm. that. Like yep. Lincoln Weldon had that, I think, or Lincoln Electric. I don't know if it's on a Lincoln system, but yes, I've seen it. Uh, it's totally real. You can do it. Um, but can I set up two identical workstations? Put a human being in one and a cobot in the other. Outfit the human being with the mimic tech and then set the human being to work and then the robot just follows along you could sure and that's available now for 20 grand 15 grand what am i doing here no how much so there's the other misnomer cobots are more expensive in hardware compared to hardware or Uh in total total landed cost uh, total cost of acquisition typically unless you've got the integration well so there's the other question Totally. Are you, as a newbie, going to attempt to integrate a cobot on your own? Because if you are, there's a YouTube totally video. Come cheaper. on, yeah. YouTube or bust, baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I bought this thing used off. What uh, could go you know, wrong? Some Louisiana warehouse. What could go wrong? You know what I think? You should create a knife sharpening business with that cobot you found on YouTube. It's a great idea. It's a great idea. I just I feel like we need a what could go wrong <laughs> podcast episode. That's what I just heard. That sounds like a great nah, story. I think right you there. just put a big piece of plexiglass between you and the cobot. You'll be fine. <laughs> so you mean a cage? Well, you know, some, read is... the fine print. Uh-huh. And that you comes... just sold me my own hypothesis from totally. 10 minutes ago. I was going to yeah. say that's yeah. the integration piece. Yeah. I mean, you got those really cool garage doors now that go down with you know with glass. Oh yeah, yeah. It, it's 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 plastic. You could just put one of those in the middle of your garage. Do you put the little bird decal on it so no bird flies into it? No, this is in, <laughs> this is interior. This is interior in your factory. Yeah, this is in my factory. And you never know. I put garage doors in. Yeah. Some Schmerzel locks. So I do think there's a space. It. But I think there's a lot of people. Just like mechanics, right? Like when you opened up a, a legacy car, 
Mm-hmm. The average Joe could work on a legacy car. Mm-hmm. When I open up a modern car with like all mine. the electronics, like yours or like yours or the one I'm driving, I'm not qualified to look at that. I, I was can't talking even reach my... the battery. It's buried underneath some kind of plastic barrier. For the now. record, I can work on Bingo. my car. Yeah, but you're like, like a freak of a human, so that's no, a different it, no, problem. No, just buy an older car. <laughs> 2012, it's totally workable. <laughs> the engine's been around for 20 years. It's great. Right. It's right. been optimized. Yeah. Yeah. So Shout out to the K24 <laughs> Honda engine. I love my Honda. But that's the, that's the thing, right? So, like, if you said, and we've had these discussions around heavy bike, where you're like, hey, what, would you think you'd be able to do this? And, oh, that's all I'm thinking about. And some of them I'm going... I don't think I'm qualified to do that. Yeah, but dude shot me a number. We're good. I got it figured out. Sure. Totally. Need to start a Kickstarter campaign to pay for it, but you know, whatever. And I hope he knows what he's doing. He does. He had the demo with the duck. We're good, man. Good. Yeah, he said he he sent me a YouTube video of him. Uh, He took a picture of somebody's face, and then he put that face in three dimensions on a pumpkin. Perfect. Now we know how they did that at the zoo for Halloween. Totally. That's awesome. Yeah, totally. that's pretty cool. Speaking of cars, when we got here, Sarah was asking about this uh, District Court of Brown <laughs> County, Kansas. State of Kansas v. Justin desk. D. Garski. <laughs> what did you do? Here, I have some comments on this. <laughs> Fire them. <laughs> Let's start with the comments. How, how are you dumb enough to get pulled over right now? There's not enough cops on the road. So I was driving back from uh, Texas. Yeah. And it was about, oh, well, I don't know, it's probably on this thing here I'll somewhere. I was dated by Officer Jenko. It was, uh, I don't know, let's just call it 1130 at night. So I'm still yeah. six hours from home. Yeah. I got a long ways to go yet. Yeah. So it's a two-lane highway, semi-truck, pickup truck, myself. In single file. Single file. Why are you on a two-lane highway? Because I had to take a leak and get another caffeinated beverage and getting back on, I had, instead of like backtracking, I just was going to go the two miles or whatever to get back to the highway on the next exit. Frontage road, if Frontage you will. Road. You broke the road. You broke the rule that you don't get off at an exit that you can't see your way back on. <sighs> but I really had to pay. <laughs> so? so anyway. Somebody should automate that for me. So yeah. you're in a They've single lane. Yeah. So then it goes highway. from two lanes to four lanes, right? So me and the pickup truck go around, said semi, and get back in, right? Accelerated to a little bit over the speed limit, got back in, comes back down to two lanes. I could see a casino up on the right-hand side about a half mile. Mm-hmm. I know it's where you are. dark. Yeah. The pickup trucks immediately slows down to the speed limit, exactly the speed limit. Uh-huh. And I'm thinking, I'm not waiting this minute to go around this guy. Yep. So I sneak over to the left in you're, the dark. You're a terrible driver. Right. You don't read the signs? The guy well, gave you a favor. So dashed line. Uh-huh. I get over. Uh-huh. I accelerate. Totally. You can only go 10 over. You know that, right? Well, so I wasn't even going 10 over, but let's come back to that. With this hill going up, I can see up the hill probably a quarter mile, and my lights are lighting up the thing. It turns into a double line. I don't see how this is automation at all. It's not, but Sarah asked questions back to driving. So this is our detour for the about episode. 20 cow, yards into the duel, I get back over. So I'm in the no passing zone get for there. 20 yards. Yep, yep. Get back into my lane. As immediately as I get in my lane, pickup truck turns on his lights, red blues. Yeah. And I went, oh, I didn't realize cops drove pickup trucks. Dude, you're yeah, south of do. Iowa. Come on. Lesson learned. Plug in. So the funny part, so he comes out and he's like, hey, I'm going to give you a ticket for going one mile an hour over the speed limit and passing in a no passing zone. Sir, why did you do this? And I said, well, I don't have a good excuse. I'm not going to try to make one. Sorry. Totally my fault. Right? So I get back and I'm looking and I'm like, I really I don't want this to hit my driving record. Right? I prefer not to pay extra insurance and all the other shenanigans that goes with it. So... In the state of Kansas, you can do what's called a deferral. Have you heard of these? Oh, yeah. I've had them. <laughs> this was news to me. Oh, come on, man. So for an extra <laughs> $150. Read he didn't no. know they drove pickup trucks, okay? Right. So Wait till we tell him about unmarked cars. Wait for it. Do you know who it? KTA is? Yeah. Okay. 
Keep going. Anyway, I just wondering how how ignorant you are in Kansas. So, game. so I get uninformed. a hold of the uh, the gal at the Brown County, Kansas district office, and she goes, "Oh, I'll I'll draft you up some paperwork, and so for an extra hundred fifty dollars, as long as I don't get a ticket for the next two months now, I sure. don't have to hit my record." And I went, "That almost seems like a bribe, but okay, it is <laughs> good." I'm glad we agree. It's called taxation without representation. Was it? And check cleared. But yeah, we, we just walk yeah. in and there there's this copy of this paperwork on, on his desk. And we're like, tell yeah. us more. And he's like, hold that thought. Uh, so yeah. that was our uh, detour. Yeah. Get yeah. it? Ha, ha, yeah. ha, ha. But if they're smart, they would take a, a page out of Switzerland. Switzerland, you get a speeding ticket. You get a QR code in the mail. Oh, really? And in two clicks, you can be out of that speeding ticket. Really? I mean, you're out of 80 bucks or whatever, but sure. it's done. Austria, they want to flip in. I swear I've talked about this on the show, but <laughs> no. In Austria, they want to do a bank wire transfer and they won't take a credit card. I'm like, come on. <laughs> that sounds messy. So I think I have a warrant. I don't know how long. It's only, when was November? That's yeah. when I was in uh, Austria last seven oh months goodness. ago. Yeah. yeah, so yeah, I'm a little late on that one. Shout out to Austria. Are you gonna be able to rent a car next time you go back? Oh, totally. Yeah. All, right. Yeah. All right, good, yeah. Yeah. good. I mean, that Porsche doesn't care. So what's the next? <laughs> what's the next trade show you guys are going to? Uh, SPS, which is in November. Yeah. Yes, yeah. it is. Yeah. Are you going? No, I'm. I'll be at Automation Fair in Boston, and SPS and Automation Fair are back-to-back weeks this year. So like SPS the is week the week before? after. The week so why, after. why can't you go and just fly from Boston to to Frankfurt? That sounds know? like a terrible life choice. Because I will be hunting after Automation Fair. Mm, there you go. <laughs> Time of year. Yeah. Fall happens, man. Upper Midwest. Got to shoot yeah, things. Get I get it. I get it. I get gotta it. Got to shoot things. I got to rent a Panamera, I think. Right. I have so. to carry a few, cos- a few uh, <laughs> colleagues so I don't get to do the... I'm not gonna make them smash the back of a 911, but I can get a Panamera. So, speaking of the trade show scenario in Europe and not having a car, Uber was not operating in Dusseldorf at the time. Yeah, rideshare is pretty spotty over there. Yeah. So then we had this like they got trains figured out. I don't know if you've heard of that. (laughs) Trains get you transportation. Trains get you to like the hub, but then when your hotel's like another three miles down the road, click your Strava and go, dude. Yeah. Really big road. Yeah, right. Yeah. You know, I can, show me your 5K with 60 pounds of luggage. <laughs> Have you seen the suitcases where people are like riding them around the airports now? Oh, of course. So dumb. But maybe that's what I need is like an off road version of that. I mean, is it just like a, a, a version Correct. of that golf uh, scooter? Have you seen that with yeah. the golf bag? You ride yes, like a crotch rocket? Yeah. Yep. yeah. What yeah. are we doing now? It's I don't A golf needed that kind of automation? I don't think so. No. You know, I guess you can get more people in for the round, so then that's why they do it. What? How would you get more people? Because they're not walking. Oh, yeah, but you can use the traditional two-seater golf cart. Totally, but you know, you got to split apart when you, you know, one hook, one slice. There you go. Left, right, baby. Um, But to circle all the way back from cars to automation to cobots versus not cobots. Yeah. What else did you see at Automate? You, start, you didn't even get into the whole AMR <clears throat> conversation. You got stuck on. Well, so robots. I saw like the automated forklifts, people driving around. Um, That's not new. It's not new. No. So I didn't see anything crazy new. Um, Do you see new industry, industries or applications? Or yeah. That Problem solved. Doing nothing new. Nothing. This is what I'm concerned about. This actual, this topic, nothing new. It's. I think there's been a big disgrace played by the economy of this country in not uh, advocating for more research and development. Fair. And I mean at all levels of business. I mean, if you've got a $100,000 business business, or you got a $100 billion business, there should be like a, hey, man, spend two hundred fifty k on R&D. Build a new thing. Yeah. And we'll take it right out. IRS will take it right out of the old... And if there's going to be cheaters, but we need uh, scrape those ten percent aside. We need that, right? We need that to happen now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, so like like I say, walking around, cobots aren't new. HVs and AMRs aren't new. And like, how many of those things are being built here? Where do they make them? 
Where do they cast the parts to to make the housings for that? You know, there are very few made here. Correct. Very few. Correct. Um, are we doing final? Even doing final assembly here? Very few. Is Big Blue doing final assembly of their robots in Illinois, like they do with their drives? I don't know. I don't know. I'll ask. Um, but most of the robots are coming from Asia. Fact, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Correct. So when does Skynet turn it on, and then we we. You know. Yeah. So there's been a lot of stuff about that in the news of the uh, infrastructure and the, the Chinese chip conundrum mm-hmm. and backdoors and... Dude, the Thousand Star Initiative. Look it up. Do I want to? Yeah, lady went to jail because she was the chief Palmer scientist for this little company called Coca-Cola. And she stole the, <laughs> she stole the, uh, the recipe for the can liner. Yeah, and then she pushed it to her Google Drive within the 30 days that they gave her notice she was going to get laid off. Yeah. And then they nailed her for fraud and train secret stealing. Yeah. And put her in jail for 20 years. And she was a Chinese national, got recruited by her aunt, who was recruited by a dude who's like, hey, man, I'll, I'll take 40%. We'll build the factory, get her to get her some secrets. Yeah. No, it's... Mm-hmm. Uh, we did some projects a long, long time ago in China... And it was very apparent they were going to take whatever we gave them and copy it. Correct. Yes. Correct. Super, super. Weird. Actually, so a guy I play video games with is heading to China, I think, on Sunday. Yeah. His company is giving him a special laptop. Totally. Totally would. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. You know what it's going to have on there? Nothing. It's going to have notepad and solitaire. Correct. That's it. Correct. That's it, That's dude. it. Yeah, there's yeah. not even a browser. I was say. Yeah. They told him, like, do not check your email while you were in China. Correct. We will call you. Correct. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and even then, these are the code words. Right. Right. And by the way, here's your burner phone to call into your family. Yeah. Yeah. What yeah. is that? I only use an umbrella in the rain or something. There's some kind of code sentence you have yeah, to. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. My yeah. aunt is sick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Oh. So, so... Is there anything in terms of, did you see a higher, like a first time uh, integration of more robots on top of more robots? Because, I mean, I mean, think of how many robots are hanging out in the Gigafactory down in Texas, right? Yeah. I yeah. mean, the thing's like a mile long. Yeah. And is that, is that the highest uh, deployment of robots? So, therefore, are they talking about the network infrastructure that's required to operate these larger plants? So it it wasn't front center at Automate. There were some networking supplier vendor people floating around there. Um, you know, I didn't know this until I got there, but Arduino has a IEC 61131 based, uh, and I think it had a CE mark on it too, a little processor, which was yeah. terrifying to me. And Arduino um, is... It's a microprocessor company. I'm aware, but... They $50 are, or less. Yeah, they're they're essentially a Raspberry Pi. Yeah, for the, for the layman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. But you're saying you're starting to see the initial push to get that product of that price point into an industrial qualified space. That's their hope and goal. Yep. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the it didn't leap off the page, but networking infrastructure, I think, is the... Biggest challenge we have to getting any of these factories to work moving mm-hmm. forward. And, and is it a challenge just because you can't get enough managed, managed nah, switches? No, we just didn't do it, right? So we built these factories yeah, in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, but isn't it just a managed switch it's in a, a fiber connect? It's a series of managed switches all over the place. But sure. Yeah, so long story short, there's nothing ridiculously difficult. No, but I mean, I mean correct me, you're it. the better network person than I am, but my understanding is just pay the money. Buy the managed switch, yeah. and it's like sending a human being as your mail person to your box and getting the right mail in there, mm-hmm. which they still kind of make a mistake, but they're pretty darn good. Yeah. yeah. Pretty darn good. Versus sending, uh, I don't know, uh, a Uber driver to deliver your food. They sure. don't always get it right. Sure. You know? Yeah, so, so the network infrastructure is big. The, the remote access and the remote connectivity is the bigger, scarier problem in it. Yeah. Remote is, access... Uh, so like the, the Tesla employee who doesn't want to go to work today and they have to troubleshoot the robot on line six at the gigafactory. Yeah. 
But more importantly... Again, that's just secure VPN into the managed switch network. Right, but the problem is machine builders. So the people supplying presses, welders, paint systems, right? They all have their own way to do it. So let's pick on our good friends on the west side, right? They use the M-Guard. Yeah. Companies make an E1, right? The the Cozy or the Flexi. We make one. Weidmuller makes one. Like... There's 30 different versions of the same sort of a thing. Sure. Managing that. Let's just call your standards purchaser. Totally agreed. But also you need to be able to make sure you can turn those things off. You need to make sure somebody's updating them, right? Like it's just like the Windows networking stuff that we ran into. Totally. So you need you need people. You need dedicated people to set up the structure appropriately. Yeah. And the money... And, and you have to think it out like city planning. You really have to think out your network construction security. And a lot of people do that after they turn the lights on or plug the machines in. And then they go, why can't we get this line to stay online? And why does this line keep dropping out? And, and if you right. don't make the investment, you have a solar wind event, which is a <laughs> fascinating topic for a whole nother podcast. Whole Let's other do podcast. it. But yes, you're right. At, at the end of the day, there's no logical reason other than people didn't do it because mm-hmm. they didn't they didn't reset their standard default Correct. passwords and totally. XYZ. Yeah. yeah. Yep. But nothing crazy. Um on that note, we are out of time. Thanks for coming. Um, hey, one Thank quick you. one poll for the audience out there. Weekly or biweekly? We're looking at uh potentially I thought you already settled this. Well, we're going to let the people speak. We're going to let the people speak, Charlie. It's a high bar. By we, uh, say weekly. Is. All six of them. Let us know. How yeah. often do you want to hear from us? In any topics you'd like us to discuss? Yeah. Or we'll just keep doing it. I think we're going to keep doing it regardless. That's not the point. <laughs> <laughs> if we're going to ask the people, let's ask the people. Sure. <laughs> all right. Anything Thank else? Thank you all. Thank you. All right. Happy day. And that's a wrap for today. Thanks for listening to the show. If you enjoyed your time with us, please like and subscribe. Keep the letters coming to automationadvocates at gmail.com. Until next time, thanks for listening. The opinions in this show are ours and not representative of our employers. While normally polished, occasionally we might slide off the rails and into the ditch. Forgive us for that one.